Section two of the Exploits of Juve by Marcel Alain and Pierre Silvestre. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Don W. Jenkins. Chapter two On the Track The daily paper, the Capital, was about to go to press. The editors had handed over the last strips of copy with the latest news. Well, Fander, asked the secretary nothing more for me no nothing you won't spring a latest on me not unless the president of the republic should be assassinated right enough but don't joke lord there's something else to be done just now the setter-up appeared in the editor's rooms i want sharp type for one and eight lines for two discreetly as a man accustomed to the business vandor withdrew on hearing the request of the setter-up avoiding the searching glance of the sub-editor who forthwith to meet the demands of the paging called at random one of the reporters and passed on the order to him some lines of special type eight lines take up the cretan question on the havas telegrams be quick fandor picked up his hat and stick and left the office his berth as police reporter meant a constantly active and unsettled existence he was never his own master never knew ten minutes beforehand what he was going to do whether he might go home start on a journey interview a minister or risk his life by an investigation in the world of thugs and cutthroats deuce take it he cried as he passed the office door and saw what the time was i simply must go to the courts and it's already very late he ran forward a few paces then stopped short and that porter murdered at belleville if i don't cover that affair i shall have nothing interesting to turn in he retraced his steps looking for a cab and swearing at the narrowness of the rue montmartre where the inadequate pavements forced the foot passengers to overflow under the roadway which was choked with costermongers carts heavy motor buses and all that swarm of vehicles which gives a paris street an air of bustle unequalled in any other capital in the world as he was about to pass the corner of the rue bergere a porter laden down with sample boxes strung on a hook ran into him almost knocking him down look out yourself replied the man insolently fandor with an angry shrug of his shoulders was about to pursue his way when the man stopped him sir can you direct me to the rue de croissant follow the rue montmartre and take the second turning to the right thank you sir could you give me a light fandor could not repress a smile he held out his cigarette here is that all you want to-day well you might offer me a drink fandor was about to answer sharply when something in the man's face seemed vaguely familiar he was about sixty his clothes were threadbare and green with age his shoes down at the heels his moustache and shaggy beard a dirty yellow why the devil should i stand you a drink a good impulse monsieur fandor in a moment the fan's features seemed to change he appeared quite a different person and fandor recognized who was speaking to him accustomed by long habit to conceal his impressions the journalist spoke nonchalantly all right let's go to the grand charlemagne they started off together reached the faubourg montmartre and entered a small wine shop having taken their seats and ordered drinks fandor turned to the porter what's up he asked it takes you a long time to recognize your friends fandor scrutinized his companion you are wonderfully made up juve on hearing his name mentioned the man gave a start don't utter my name they know me here as old paul 
but why the disguise who are you after is it anything to do with fantomas juba shrugged his shoulders let's leave fantomas out of it he said at least for the moment no my lad it's a very commonplace affair to-day and i wouldn't have bumped into you except that i have an hour to while away and wanted your company this disguise for a commonplace affair cried fandor come juva don't keep me in the dark juva laughed at his friend's eagerness you'll always be the same when it's a matter of detective work there's no keeping you out of it well here's the information you're after read that he passed fandor a greasy ill-written letter fandor took it in at a glance this refers to lopart alias the square yes and you call it a commonplace affair but look here can you trust information given by a loose woman my dear fandor the police largely depend upon such tips given through revenge by women of that class well i'm going with you no i won't have you mixed up in this business it's too dangerous all the more reason for my being in it what is really known about this lupart very little unfortunately rejoined juva and it's the mystery surrounding him which makes us uneasy although he has been involved in some of the worst crimes he has always managed to escape arrest he is supposed to be one of an organized gang in any case he's a resolute scoundrel who wouldn't hesitate to draw his gun in case of need fandor nodded his arrest will make bully copy and for the pleasure of writing a sensational story you want to put your life in peril again juva smiled sympathetically as he spoke he had known the young journalist when scarcely grown up he had been involved in the weird affairs of fantomas fondor was an assumed name juva recalled the young charles rambert victim of the mysterious fantomas the most redoubtable ruffian of modern times whom juva declared to be the gurn and still alive although gurn had supposedly died on the scaffold he recalled the sensational trial and the terrible revelations that had appalled society gurn he had then affirmed to be the lover of the englishwoman lady beltham gurn it was who had killed her husband and gurn was no other than fantomas he recalled the tragical morning when gurn in the very shadow of the scaffold had found means to send in his stead an innocent victim valgrand the actor when will you begin to draw in your net inquired fandor juva motioned to his companion to be silent and listen fandor you hear what that man's singing the one drinking at the bar yes the blue danube well that gives me the answer we shall soon be on lopart's tracks by the way are you armed if you won't run me in for carrying concealed weapons i'll confess that baby browning is in my pocket good now then listen to my directions lopart was seen at the markets this morning by two of my watchers and you may be sure he hasn't been lost sight of since reports i have received indicate that he will presumably go to the chateaudun crossroads and from there to the place pigale in the direction of dr chalek's house we shall nab him at the crossroads needless to say we are not going to keep together as soon as our man comes in sight you will pass on ahead walking at his pace on the same pavement and without turning around and if lupart doesn't appear why then began juva the deuce there's another customer whistling the blue danube it's time to be off are those your agents whistling asked fandor as he left the shop no what isn't it a signal 
it is and you'll be able to find your trail by the passers-by who whistle that air while talking the journalist and the detective arrived at the chateaudun crossroads juva cast an eye over the ground it's six o'clock be off and prowl round notre dame de lorette lupart will probably come out of that wine shop you see to the right you can easily recognize him by his height and a scar on his left cheek look here juva why should these people whistle the blue danube if they are not detectives juva smiled it's quite simple if you whistle a popular tune in a crowd someone is bound to take it up well the two men i put to watching lupart this morning were whistling this same tune and now we are meeting persons who caught the air fandor crossed the road and proceeded toward notre dame de lorette to the post the detective had allotted to him the manhunt was about to begin end of chapter two read by don w jenkins rancho san diego california shaggybark.blogspot.com